0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Question of the morning, keeping us up on Twitter. David DJ James on Facebook, DJ and PK. What was the highlight of a great sports weekend that went right down to the end in overtime in Arizona? Uh, we're going to talk with uh, Gary Anderson coming up in about 20 minutes. And Colin says, Utah State looked a lot like Navy on that first weekend of football. See the similarities there with the way BYU ran over the Navy, over the Naval Academy, and the way Boise State ran over the Aggies? I
1: thought Utah State looked better than Navy did. I take nothing positive out of Navy now. I haven't followed them as closely as we're going to follow Utah State, obviously. But I thought there were some positives. I thought Jalen Warren uh, ran very, very well. I thought the offensive line had a little push there to a degree. Uh, the defense, after they got the ball, uh, punt that hit off, for shade off the kid from Boise, and they go in for a score. It looked like it could possibly be a game, and then the Aggies couldn't get a stop on defense when they really needed it because you get a stop then, uh, you know, I'm assuming a lot, assuming they get can find a way to score. Then you got a little bit of a game going. But at that point, once you felt like the Aggies score or the Broncos scored after the Aggies scored off that short field on the punt screw-up, that once Boise State scored, you felt like, all right, this, this puppy's over.
0: Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James on Facebook, DJ and PK. Uh, Brian uh, pointed out the World Series. He says it's been incredible. Game four is spectacular. And Clayton Kershaw finally gets redemption with a second win. And let's not forget that Cody Bellinger, Jock Peterson, and Corey Seager all played for the Ogden Raptors.
1: Corey Seager is just an absolute stud. Uh, love him. Love him big time, man. He is a great, great player. He's clutch. Uh, I think he I, – I really I, – I literally think he's got a Hall of Fame capability as a shortstop doing what he did and what he's done. So totally love him. Yeah, and the other guys. A Bellinger just takes an uppercut and hopes the ball gets in the way of his bat.
0: He's an MVP And he's just hoping the ball gets in the way of his bat
1: Well I mean he has the same swing every time I don't understand why they don't throw him high Because you can see it He's trying to lift the ball They told him This is a kid who, he's from Chandler So I got a little Arizona connection His father obviously played in the big leagues But he hit one home run as a high school senior One!
0: Well he didn't know about launch angle at that point (laughs) Now he knows about launch angle
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so my wife, watching. he steps out, he uppercuts. Yeah, they're telling him to do it, obviously, and he does it well. I mean, and he's made some great plays in center field, but it seems like it's – you know what you're going to get from him. Uh, he's going to uppercut it, and if the ball's in the way of his swing, he's going to make contact, and it's going to be hard hit. Whereas I think Seager, man, is a complete and total package, and he can do it all. You know, one of the things that was uh, – neglected in that game last night was he's on in the first inning and he's on second and the ball barely gets away from Zunino the catcher it doesn't go that far and normally the guys stay right well the Anticipation and the alertness and the ability to see the play as it's happening. Caesar, Seager gets himself to third, and then Bellinger had that what you call an infield single, which was in short right field. Well, if Seager's on second, he doesn't score. Because the,
0: the ball didn't go the far. Play. Right, yeah, the ball
1: didn't go yeah, far. Yeah, Lau second base makes the play. You're not going to send him Dino Ebel, who forget, now Dino didn't play in Ogden. But he coached in Salt Lake. He's their third base coach. I took batting practice over Dino Ebel, off of Dino Ebel. How about that?
0: You are just spraying ropes all over the yard, weren't you?
1: No, I think I sucked. I got <laughs> in that bat. I went right after Kathy Aiken, and she was hitting line drives all over the place. Former uh, – did she play college softball or volleyball? Anyway, she was athletic. And they had media day uh, over there at the B Stadium and uh, you can take batting practice. So I went over. She's out there just pumping line drives. I get in there, man. I'm thinking, oh, please just make contact. Oh, it's, <laughs> Did it's only you coming go- in at 60 miles an hour, but still. <laughs>
0: Did you go to the cages? Because it's not like you're – I mean, when was the last time you swing a bat? You know, we're we're retired from uh, slow-pitch softball. <laughs> when was the last time you had a bats?
1: <laughs> this was several years ago, but probably had been several years since then, and yeah. certainly nothing overhand. Right. I played one year of baseball beyond high school, and then that was it. And uh, then it was just softball from uh, for I, I played a good uh, level of softball in Arizona, and then I played at the Daily Breeze team. Uh, when I played in Arizona, it was high-level softball, and then it was uh, D&C League in, uh, over there in California. And I played a co-ed league here uh, in Utah, uh, a while back, and we had a really good team because their women were super. They were really good. Uh, they were outstanding. And then, if you ever play in a co ed league, you're most likely the quality and caliber of your women players is going to determine the success of your team. And we had four or five women that were big time players. And uh, then there was another uh, league, co ed, and I wasn't asked to play, but my wife was. She played. In the co ed league, because they didn't need me, but they needed a female who was pretty good. And my wife got to play, and I I wasn't even invited. How about that? What a blow to my (laughs) ego! You weren't even invited.
0: All right, DJ and PK keep hitting us up with the highlights from the weekend. We're juggling multiple things here. Gary Anderson is going to join us, Utah State football coach. We're going to talk to him coming up in about 15 minutes, but right now we got a little time for Utah tight end Brant Keithy, and he was a really good story last year, PK. We got to talk to him right before the bowl game because he's a Texas high school kid and he was not recruited by the Longhorns. And over the course of last season, he went from – Uh, Certainly in the minds and means of the media and the fans, an afterthought. I think the coaches knew they had something. I don't know if they knew how quickly he would turn into something. But he got a little taste of success kind of in the middle of the season. And then at the end of the season, he was just making big plays left and right, and it seemed like they were coming up with creative ways to use him, Uh, You know, kind of a tight end fly sweep, throwing the ball, whatever. He was making plays and scoring touchdowns. So now high expectations for him at a position where the Utes apparently have quite a bit of talent now. Uh, Kyle's been talking up the tight ends as a group, not just Keithy individually. Here's Brant Keithy. He spent about uh, three minutes with the media on a Zoom call earlier this morning.
2: Hey, Brand. just wanted to get your your uh, thoughts on how, how camp's been going and uh, especially breaking in the the new quarterbacks. It, it, it seems like you guys have got quite quite talented quarterbacks battling it out. Yeah, it's going well so far. Uh, beginning of camp, just getting connection with the guys because we haven't had much opportunity during just the whole COVID period. And uh, just getting these two, three weeks of fall camp, really helping the guys uh, get in rhythm and just uh, – Getting these scrimmage going so we have live reps because a lot of team defense plus haven't hasn't been able to tackle much so it's been pretty good work for the offense and defense so far. We'll go next to Josh Furlong. You right last season you uh, led the team in receiving yards. You were obviously a big component of the
0: passing game. Uh, what do what do you feel like you can do this year to kind of step up your game? Not that it needs to be stepped up, but like what what do you feel like you're doing personally to be able to move uh, ahead and where
2: you're at? Uh, just overall gain weight and just be better in the run game and uh also got to improve in the pass game also there's always room to improve um be a better teammate just overall be a better player in general just um to be able to do the things that the coaches asked me to do and execute on all those things
0: just following up real quickly but it, there's obviously been been kind of a shift in in college and in the nfl to kind of Get the tight ends the ball a little bit more What right, what is what do you think personally as a tight end that that has led to that and why do you think that you guys are being called upon more in the passing game
2: yeah because it's just a mismatch uh we go against linebackers they can't guard us go against safeties we're a lot bigger than them so uh, i think it's just a mismatch game and plus when we're in the game we can either run the ball or pass the ball if you're in the spread there's not much running going on because you have a lot of receivers and even though they can block well, it's just you can't really get an inside zone or really much of that like with the tight ends you can do. Our next question will come from Bill Riley, ESPN 700. Hey, Brad, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm great.
0: Um, With the year you had a year ago, do you expect to garner a little bit more
2: attention this year from defenses, maybe a little bit more of a target on your back? And if so, how do you deal with that? Just got to – I would say just have to get in film study a lot more and just see tendencies and got to win my one-on-ones overall. I expect a lot more because not a lot of them expected me to do anything that I did last year and uh, getting more attention, that's okay. Just, uh, Just got to get in the film study and just got to look at things a lot more and just got to prepare a little bit more before the games. Next, we'll go to Dirk Facer of the Deseret News. Hey, Brad, uh, let's talk about your brother a little bit. Uh, Blake's getting a
0: lot of uh, attention up front. Can you just talk about his journey and overcoming injuries and
2: how good can he be? Oh, Blake, uh, he's just been hurt ever since he's gotten here. some has a good amount of surgeries, and it's just glad. It's just really good to have him out there and playing a little rough at first, but uh, he's just getting his feet under him, and he's doing well so far, and I think he can be a really good player if he just stays healthy and uh, just does the things he needs to do because just coming here, he was recruited a lot higher than me, and I think he could have done really well if he didn't get injured. But um, he's doing well so far, and just hopefully he stays healthy.
0: All right, there is Brant Keithy uh, talking about his brother uh, Blake and then before that about himself. And uh, you got expectations for Keithy this year? It's, uh, as you heard in one of the questions there, he led the team in receiving. Now that was only 600 yards because they spread the ball around quite a bit. And he had 300, basically had half his yardage in the last five games. Uh, you know, it was just a couple catches here and there mostly through the first nine. So it seems like they're still upside there.
1: I have all conference expectations. Absolutely, yes. Uh, He needs to build upon. He had a nice season, and he acknowledged that he could have sort of caught folks by surprise. Well, now he's not going to catch people by surprise. And along with that season that you had comes a level of consistency and expectation. The greatness is defined by consistency. Zach Moss had consistency, therefore he had greatness. Now you have to you can be consistent and not be all that good. Then you get you know if that's who you are, say you're a put it on grades. If you're a B student and you get consistently get B's and that's your capability, that's great but Zach Moss had a capability and he got A grades through his time after he got going after his freshman year. So in a, st- a sense, Keithy last year that was his breakout season. Well, now you got to get better. You got to do it more and consistently, right? And you can you can't say anybody can do what he did, but there's a lot of players who can have good games. It's not about good games. It's about having a great season, because you have that capability and you've got a a very good offensive coordinator to put you in the position to succeed. And if this quarterback play has been, what did you say Kyle said? Excellent or whatever. Right?
0: Good. Very good. Bordering on outstanding. All right, Or well, approaching. Maybe it was approaching outstanding.
1: Okay, So then they've got guys who can, no matter who it is, one of the two uh rising or Bentley, they can get you the ball, and the way quarterback injuries happen and whatnot I wouldn't be surprised to see if it's both of them, so you got an opportunity to have a big time season, so you should be all conference caliber, and you know it may not be first team, but second team is pretty doggone good too so yes, I'm expecting huge things out of him. It's funny he talks about how his brother was the more highly recruited player of the two. I love these stories. I just love guys who don't come in with all these stars, what have you. Just go to work and show up, do what you're supposed to do, and then you emerge. And that's exactly what Keithy has done at tight end. And he's gotten a great situation with Ludwig. And Kyle talking about how that he's always been a proponent of the tight ends. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't he be? He played at BYU. And (laughs) so he saw it for a number of years, the tight ends. We all can recite them. Best teams, great tight ends. They go hand in hand, as Gordon would say. Where? Down there. Down air. No, you got to down air. Down air. <laughs> down air. Yes. Down air. Right. <laughs> down air. Down air. <laughs> you sort of you, uh, you take the T out of it a little bit. It's almost like you're saying air instead of there. And so, yeah, we know that. So obviously, Kyle's thinking that, well, yeah, we got to use the tight ends. And now they got them. And Fatheringham is pretty doggone good himself. So I'm expecting a lot of production out of that position.
0: Well, for uh, Brent Keithy, there were a lot of explosive plays, big plays, those 20-yard plays and more. He had about a dozen of them last year, and when you consider that he was really utilized a lot more in that last third of the season or so, makes you wonder what uh, what he'll be able to do this year. Well,
1: I want plays that are big plays in the moment. So, if it's third and seven, and you get eight yards, you know, that's not necessarily a big play, but it's a big play in the context of you're in the fourth quarter and you need a first down. You know what I mean? That type of play. Like Max Hall did with Pitta. He always seemed a big play. It may not be a 40-yard gain, but it was a big play in the context of the game. That's what I want to see this kid
0: have. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gary Anderson, Utah State coach, coming up next. The Big Show. It's a big day. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. The former Ute, Christian Cox, with us. How weird is it for it to be October and you won't play until the 7th of November?
3: Yeah, you know, what a hard thing, especially to be a senior. I think about my own situation, right? Going into my senior year in 2010, I wasn't first-team all-conference. I wasn't even on the radar to get a shot to play in the league. And you need those games. The games are what separate you, that let you catapult up to the next level. I'm glad to see that there will be some games, but so hard for those guys. And whether this is too harsh of an opinion, I think the Pac-12 could have played a little sooner.
0: The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to talk to Utah State football coach Gary Anderson. Gary, good morning. Good morning,
3: DJ and PK. How are you? Good. Good to have you back for another season, coach. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad you guys invited us. I heard you weren't going there for a while, but it's good to hear you did. I didn't know if we didn't make the cut. So. <laughs> I
1: don't who decided it. that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had you on the yeah, air when I you thought, were
3: at I thought, it was, I thought it was all rumors. That's good. That's
0: we had good. you on the air when you were at Wisconsin and Oregon State. Who's had you on more than yes, us?
3: Yes, yes, sir. Now that
0: you're nagging Aggie again, Scotty's sucking up to you, but come on. We were there all along. <laughs> yes,
3: sir. You were. That's a true statement.
0: Yeah. someone's Valid
3: point. Well spread, taken.
0: Somebody was spreading some you-know-what around the old South 40 when they were telling you that.
3: Yeah. All right. Scotty, I have to ask him.
0: Nah, let's not ask him. Let's just blame okay. him. Who cares? All right. We don't need facts okay. and details. Let's just go after him. All right, let's, uh, let's start with the season opener there. And I'm always, before we get to specifics, big picture. After one game, I'm always curious if the winning team was that good or the losing team was that bad. Can you divine any of that? Or is that the kind of thing you got to let play out? How much do you put on the Broncos and how much do you put on the Aggies?
3: Well, I think the Broncos are a really good team. Um, I think they've uh you know had some good playmakers made some plays against us, and they control both lines of scrimmage um, you know the the uh The strength factor showed up and uh, it was uh it was still an issue as it was a year ago against these guys and that was glaring and that 's just not on the kids that 's on everything that 's out there right now we've got to continue to work on that and strive to you know they are they are the the, the top for a reason because they're physical and they have good football players and need a good thing. So it, it, a lot of credit goes to a good football team, a really good football team. We'll see if it's a great football team as the year goes on. They'll be they'll be challenged from some teams as they come through the year, um, and we can get a lot better. Um, we can coach them better. We can work better. We can you know we can obviously play better at times. And the game of football these days is about making making plays that that changed the game. And we didn't have enough game-changing plays on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball, and Boise did. And, um, and when you do make those plays, your defense, you, you can't give them layups. If they get those plays against you, you have to earn them. And, you know, we had some mistakes that really, really hurt us. Um, on third downs, and, and and we need to be better. We need to have some better situations. And it doesn't matter who's in the game. There's, you know, I told the kids after the game. I told the coaches the same thing. It doesn't matter who's in the game. It doesn't matter the situation of why somebody is in the game or whatever it may be. We have to work our tails off to get them there. So I would agree with both those things. You know, we'll, we'll see how we continue to progress as we go through there. And the good thing is, is our our kids didn't pout about any situations that came their way. They kept on battling. I thought in the game, and um, you know, lots of work to do. Um, it's not it's not the outcome that we want. It's not acceptable, but it is what it is, and we have to be big boys and look at it and understand where we are.
1: I did think, though, that your offensive line, particularly in the second half for a bit, had a little bit of a push. Am I right?
3: At times, yes. There's no doubt. And there were some things to build on, and there was some you know mojo that uh, – Jalen got, and Jalen is a very good back, and he made some people miss. But I thought we were able to, you know, move the ball um, more physically. And, you know, we, we had an opportunity to, even in the first half, to, to hit some of those, and we didn't. Boise did some good things. We had some opportunities in the throw game, but we we couldn't protect in the, in the first half. We protected a little better in the second half, but, uh, you know, the throw game was hard because, again, they locked us down with big, tall, Whiteouts that were talented, and we flat couldn't get off of press coverage. And so, again, we need to coach it better and work it better and get our athletes and give an opportunity to get in space. But, uh, yes, we did run the ball better in the second half, and uh, that was noted um, and understood, I think, by the kids and by the coaches.
0: So what gets said at halftime of a game like that?
3: you know nothing uh, other than some adjustments and communicate with the kids and you know keep on fighting and keep on battling through there and you know we've uh, unfortunately we've been in that spot a little bit um, and we've got to understand why we're in that spot and in then in a 20 minute timeout you don't really can I identify why you're in the spot or you can't really speak about why you're in the spot and you know I've never been the guy that gets into the locker room and sometimes it's more spirited than others and you maybe have a little bit more fire to you than uh, other times, and but not not really when I'm in those situations. To me, and that situation is, is you get them to give the coaches time to make some adjustments, think about some things that they can be able to get done, present it to the kids. You know, let them take a big deep breath and understand what we have to do to be better. And usually, it's you know the the techniques and the fundamentals of the football game, and um, that's I think that's what helped us a little bit in the especially in. A couple of those drives we were able to get out of on defense. I think we tackled better. And when we didn't get out of drives, we didn't tackle well. And we didn't play well on third downs. So, and that, that is the bottom line. And it came down to a lot of different things. And then, you know, offensively, you just you can't shoot yourself in the foot. And third and seven, third and eight, third and 10, third and 12, you've, you've got to be able to have some pace. And when we scored on a couple of those drives, we didn't get into those big third and long situations. I think
1: that, from your perspective, and tell me, you agree or disagree, the most disappointed that I was was in the 92 yards passing.
3: No doubt, no, absolutely no doubt. I mean, we have to be able to throw the football, and you know, I think that uh, I look back and you know, I, I look at the quarterback production and the quarterback play, and I really think when when Jason had some opportunities, can he do some things better? Sure, he can, and that's that's every single week. And but we we've got to be able to get open, and we've got to be able to give. Time to the quarterback to be able to throw the ball um, and so that situation is an absolute yes, and it's uh something we 've got to look at we 've got to dissect and we 've got to make sure we can get ourselves in a position to be able to you know uh, make complete the football <laughs> i mean you've got to be able to throw the ball and you 've got to be able to stretch the field at times and we we just we really really struggled with uh with their man coverages and we really, really struggled with uh, uh protecting the quarterback to give Jason the time to be able to let the routes develop, and you know Jason wasn't perfect either, which nobody's perfect in any position, nor as a coach. We've got to work as a team to make it be better, but that was disappointing.
0: So you got a lot to work on before you play San Diego State, and PK and I watched the San Diego State-UNLV game, but uh, same deal, San Diego State looked awesome, UNLV looked awful, especially in the first half. It was really one-way traffic in the first half. How much you know, have you watched that film, and how much have you learned from watching it?
3: Yeah, San Diego State is a very experienced team. They return a lot of people on the defensive side of the football and um, a lot of guys up front on the offensive line. So they got a lot of people coming back, and they're going to be physical. They're going to be big. They're going to be strong just like they always are. They're going to be gifted at the wide receiver position. You know, nothing different um, from San Diego State that I think that you're going to see every single year. Um, they want to smack you in the mouth just like they have been, and they're dining and dashing on the, the defensive side of the ball. It's not rocky anymore. It's not, uh, but, it, it, but it feels a lot like his defenses are going to take some chances and you know get up in your face. So this is a <clears throat> a really good team. I mean, they were they were a uh... I guess pick to win their side from everything that I remember in the in the preseason things long ago and I think for a good reason. Um they're a, they're they're a quality quality unit and we're excited to be able to play them here at home and you know they'll be uh they'll be well coached and we've got to bounce back and put our best foot forward. Last year it was a it was a crazy game. We jumped out and I think it was a 23-3 and they reeled it back in and we had to make a play at the end to win the game. So I expect a, a tough grinder football game and If you're not a tough guy, you're not going to survive this one. And so, again, it goes back to the point to me is on our side and when San Diego State's on our side, not on our side, but when they're in our rotation, you're going to have those grinder-out tough guy games, and you've got to be strong, you've got to be physical, you've got to be able to match power with power and strength with strength. And if you can't do that, you're going to struggle. Um, And, uh, you know, we're going to get that again this week, just like we did last week.
1: Might be premature to ask this, but what's the going to be the availability of all your players <laughs>
3: well that's been uh that's a great question, and we'll still have um, numerous players out um you know hopefully we can get through some testing this week and and not get hit like we did last week the hardest thing about you know the, the the covid thing is is quite frankly is the the contact tracing and um when i say that i'm not just this, as far as time away and those kids are gone for 14 get 14 uh 14 days so you know last last week we have some kids test positive and uh away they go for three games because we play the next day on Saturday. We come back and play the next week on Saturday, and we play the next week on Thursday. So they miss almost half the season. So that's hard. And it's really hard to look a kid in the eye when he's 40 minutes away from walking on the bus and saying, you're out of here, and he feels great. So I'm not saying it's wrong. Um, It is what it is, and I agree. I want everybody to be safe, and I want everybody to be healthy but gosh damn, it's hard. It's really, really (laughs) tough to see those kids. And and then, you know, as coaches, you practice, you put in a game plan, and you work hard on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You back off on Thursday and Friday to stay healthy, and you get hit. So there's no excuses. There's no woe is me. We've told the kids that. I don't think our kids feel like that. Uh, we looked at it as an opportunity for some young kids to get in and play last week, and you know some of them grew up as they went along, and some of them the moment was too big for them. So we need to help them and coach them to get better. So um, it is what it is. We are where we are. We'll get a few back, hopefully, and hopefully we won't uh, get hit with more. But uh you know it's 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 been a it's it's been very uh, taxing on, on the kids and we just need to stay with them keep helping them the ones that are that uh, have been tagged and the ones that some of them have got it and have been sick some of them feel great and it's just the mental part of that when you nothing's wrong with you and you can't play football that's real tough
0: you've been coaching for a long time uh, as an assistant and a head coach multiple teams multiple leagues has anything prepared you for this year
3: nope Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's uh, it's like nothing I've ever been around, and and I, I I do when I say that I don't mean it in a bad way, and like it's a horrible situation, it's a horrible scenario. I I I think in the last three weeks I've really become a better coach because I, I have to look at these things, and it just it it really it is what it is, and I've got a rock on my desk that says it is what it is, and you know I I think that takes a whole new. A whole new look at things right now is from what these kids have gone through and I just got to put my focus back to them and uh, really honestly I I just refocused myself uh, quite frankly at you know driving over to Boise and said you know you just just you got to you got to coach your kids man you got to be with them you got to help them you got to do everything you can and uh, what comes your way comes your way and you got to put them in the best position to be able to battle their tails off and fight like crazy and um, that that helped me, and I've tried to put that to the kids to help them be in that position also because it's we the the virus is a, is a horrible thing and we want to make dang well sure we do everything we can to not have our kids get it to be safe. But when they do get it, I agree with all the protocols 100%. But it again to to educate, talk about next man up mentality, you know, it is what it is, all those things. You've still got to hug your kids up and say, damn, we love you, man. We've got to keep on fighting through this thing. And, and they will. So, And then no one's going to, again, there's no, oh, you know, woe is me. I, there's just none of that. There's, that's not going to happen for us. And if we win, we win. If we don't play well enough to win, we lost. It's not because we didn't have our kids with us.
1: Boise's had some great teams over the years. I know it's only one game, but how would you compare this team that you played, Boise, against some of the other teams that you played, Boise?
3: Um, I would say this. Very gifted in the back end on defense. Uh, long team overall. Looks like a Pac-12 team when they take the field. Um, you know, uh just from the the size and the length, um, depth was good. You know, they lost a couple D linemen in that game, and the next man up, you really didn't notice other than the number change. So they've got they've got nice depth. I think they've recruited that way for a long time, and you know, it's kind of they they roll that cycle through there, which has has been impressive for them. Um, you know, running backs, really good. Two really good running backs. Uh, tight end, the Bates kid. We recruited him long ago. He's he's a really talented football player. O-line's physical and experience. So they're... Um and then the wide receivers are, are, are game changers. You saw that a couple plays that we had when they get an opportunity, and and we gave them a couple layups on those, but uh, they were fast enough to outrun us. So they're good football players. So I think it's a it's a it's a quality Boise team. Um, you know how good they're they're going to get challenged down the road within our league, and uh, I think they play BYU at some point this year too. So that'll be a challenge for them also. In fact, I think that's in a couple weeks. They got Air Force this week, but uh, so it's, it's a good it's a really good Boise team, I believe. But you know that'll play itself out.
0: So I'm curious as you prepared for this. Speaking of their depth, did you prepare for for uh, both both Bachmeyer and Sears, or just one of them, or how did you handle that? I mean, ended up Sears, I think, through three passes. It was both, mostly Bachmeyer.
3: Yeah, no, we we just figured it wouldn't change much um, with with either one of them. And, you know, Sears came in and. and Unexpectedly, kind of ran the ball. I didn't think they'd come in and have him be in there and run it a couple times, but they did and um, do a couple different things with him. But he was—he's—we uh, knew he was a good quarterback and will be a good quarterback. But we expected it would be Bachmeyer all the way through. Um, and you know, he's—it's not really going to change Boise's offense. Is not dramatically going to change. They're—they're going to do the same things that they do. And you know, a lot of the shifts and the motions and the movements and there's a lot to their offense. But uh, we didn't—we didn't expect it to change regardless of the quarterback.
1: I know competition is always ongoing. Do you anticipate a uh, still starting Shelly, a quarterback, next week?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jason will start, and uh... – you know, I think it's uh, we're still in a position if it's the right spot for Andrew to be able to get in there. And you know, the big thing with Andrew is again is continuing to learn the process. I think his upside is is huge, and I believe he knows where he sits as far as what we've talked about. And uh, you know, Andrew's ability to continually learn to practice and learn in the film room and, and get on the field. And if the opportunity presents itself, Andrew's antsy. He wants to play, which anyone would expect from a competitor. And Andrew wants to get out there and compete and play. And but you know. Uh, Jason is, Jason is our starter, and I think we can win a lot of football games. He's got to get a supporting cast around him to, to help him, um, and he needs to continue to work to get better. I know he's excited about that, and I know so's his football team, excited to get back on the field and continue to work through uh, uh, you know getting better.
0: Well, Gary, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. We look forward to talking to you every week during the season.
3: Hey, guys, appreciate it very much. You have a wonderful week, and Aggies are going to get back to work now. I appreciate you. Go, Aggies.
0: <laughs> Never doubt us, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Gary Anderson, Utah State football coach, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How could he think that, PK? Who could have put that bug in his ear?
1: Well, I actually thought about it last week. I, for- I thought about it later in the week. Why didn't we have Gary on? And so, uh, and Yock sends us the thing the night before, and I was going to ask, where the heck is Gary? Because we've had Gary on, we've had Matt Wells on, and now Gary again. Uh, because I certainly think there's enough interest to generate uh, a segment devoted to Utah State football. I mean, come on.
0: Gary will be with us again next week. DJ and PK, when we come back, your feedback, everybody, everything you think about today's show. Coming up, stay with us.
1: And it's all over almost
0: here. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> D.K., you were amazed by the offense's ability to perform the way that you thought they were going to perform. A good guess, but not the right guess. Could you talk a little slower? He was (laughs) multitasking and distracted and... Could have deleted that, and then... I don't think you should be recording audio for PK while you're backing up a truck. Back up the truck, then record the audio for PK.
1: Well, I wasn't surprised by anything that happened in that ball game, because I expected the Cougars, they had their wake-up call against uh, UTSA, UTSA. and so they weren't going to take Texas State lightly. And I don't think UTSA is a bad ball club by any stretch. Really, I mean, I think they're they're halfway decent at least. So, and I don't think Texas State is to that level yet. So that didn't happen in terms of any form of surprise. Nor will it happen this week. I am geeked about Boise. I don't know that I've been this geeked about a BYU game in a long time, but I'm geeked about next week for sure. But to me, the thing that was most pleasing is seeing folks in the stands, particularly parents. Because their parents deserve to be there. Those are their boys, and we've all been there in terms of what we do to support our kids, some of them better than others. Uh, we won't go there, but uh, a I lot of, happy to a see lot of parents there.
0: A lot of driving and a lot of waiting at practice. You forget how yeah. much waiting you do at practice when they're young. As they get older, you don't have to do that. But when they're young, man, there's a lot of waiting that goes on. <laughs> Just sitting there waiting for some 7-year-old. Yeah, and oh.
1: to, to see Mills' parents in there, particularly the mom, that was all, awesome. see some students in there? Uh, I think they should find a way, if at all possible. I'm not an expert on the health, and I take it very seriously, as serious as the next guy. Uh, but if there's any way to get the parents and some students in there, those are the those are the folks that I think should have first access.
0: Got a lot of people uh, weighing in on... Uh the uh weekend and your your favorite stuff and Brad says BYU winning another brutal game on their schedule and maintaining their Heisman and national championship hopes. I don't think I should take Brad that seriously.
1: Ooh, man, some folks are jealous of BYU's success. <laughs> nah. Let them have it, man. What what the heck? Why does BYU success? Maybe that's a question for tomorrow. Why does BYU success get under some people's skin? Not not a, I actually think of, and we just go youth fans, I actually think it's the minority. And I think most youth fans, pff, they roll with it or they don't care or they're far more concerned about their team. But there's a faction of the fan base, and I suppose it's a rivalry, so why not? Uh, as far as that goes, uh, you know, I'm a, I, I don't particularly like the U of A, but if the devils are on top, I really don't care what the U of A is doing. But that's just me. I don't have that, you know, that intense passion of of a fan. Yeah, but, but I I'm think, wondering why that is the case.
0: I think it's been accentuated this year, and I'm curious if you agree with this. But I think it's it's a bigger deal this year because the Utes haven't had. I think you're right. There are a lot of people who normally be distracted because they'd be so focused on the Utes and the Cougars just do whatever they do. But the Cougars have been playing, and. It's not just the Utes haven't, but all the teams of the Pac-12 that Ute fans follow, and normally they'd be into those storylines, and there's nothing. You know, and it's the same for the Aggies in the Mountain West. When you're the only team in the West playing, you know, it's just much more pronounced because normally any one thing that happens to any school gets drowned out by all the noise of everything happening in all these other schools. But you got 24 of the teams in the West that, you know, hadn't started playing yet. Now the Mountain West got going this weekend, obviously. Um, and I suspect there were some Aggie fans who were into the Boise State game and didn't get that into the BYU game. You know, they're probably a little disgusted at some point and turned it off and didn't watch any more college football.
1: Okay. I do think a high percentage of folks in Utah next Friday night will be watching that Boise BYU game. Yep. And that that's just stakes are going to be so high. Uh, assuming Boise beats uh, Air Force which I hope they do nothing against the Air Force Academy I got enormous respect for them but I want to see two undefeated teams and the hype that will be for that game will be great and and it's I'm a Pac-12 snob but I also view myself as the little guy as the perpetual underdog who didn't have the last name didn't have whatever Uh, and had to scratch and claw for what I got, and that's the way I view the group of five. I did play, when was it? I forgot to tell you this. Uh, Saturday before last, I went up to Wasatch and played nine holes and got hooked up with some people, and they asked what I did, blah, 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 And, and I told them. And you know what they asked me about you? Is that Paul James's son? <laughs> I said, no. And they were really, really surprised.
0: <laughs> well, there's a little bit of nepotism going on in the world of sports. I don't know if you've noticed in sportscasting.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you think that would have been pronounced a little bit more if that were the case. Because you have such a high public identity. You would think that 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 would have been surprising. Now maybe they didn't know as much because they had no idea who I was but they knew who you were Hmm. and they did ask me about uh, if that was uh, your son if he was your father I mean and I said no but he had big time family money outside
0: of Paul James that helped him get in the business whatever (laughs) (laughs) my dad was a high school teacher Well, yeah, but I figured they didn't know so I could just make it up (laughs) just make it up (laughs) The only thing that's gonna distract from that BYU Boise State game a week from Friday is the fact that people are gonna watch the San Diego San Diego State San Jose State game that starts forty five minutes earlier. They're gonna get sucked into that and BYU is just gonna be in the shadow of that massive showdown.
1: Well, I'm gonna watch that game. This San this San Jose guy, Starkle, yeah. you realize he has starts at AM and uh who else? Arkansas?
0: What a vagabond. <laughs> They beat Air so, Force last week. He's he did literally beat Air Force. started at two other institutions in the SEC. And they exploded for 17 points. <laughs> and
1: he was but it was 22 of 29 or
0: something like that, yeah. wasn't he? It was seven-nothing deep into that game. That was one of the three phone calls for Scotty and I while he was driving, driving across Idaho. And Air Force was down, guys. They've had guys who aren't playing this year, and then everybody's at risk. So having, you're downgrading
2: coming, San Jose, though. Coming. So so I, star quarterback entered the transfer portal last
0: week. Yeah. May
3: a few different things go down.
0: I don't know. It's one of those deals. I, well, I'm, I'm willing to downgrade Air Force. I don't know how much I want to pump San Jose State up. Um, you know, you need that second game to know for sure. Oh, for they've sure. Uh, been, absolutely. But, but the quarterback does have some big time experience. And they've been good when they've had good quarterback play. Yes. They're, you know, they, they had uh, fails there, and they had. David Fales, deten- yeah. and, and they ought to beat New Mexico next week if they play the game. If they play. We'll see. It's at it's supposed to be at New Mexico, and they've already had one game canceled. So they could be 2 0 going into that San Diego State game. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Scouting are coming up next. We'll see you.